Welcome to Shift, a podcast series with Corey and Jared, designed to change how we own our individual journeys and our collective growth. Let's explore the dynamism of the human condition together. everybody and thank you for joining us today as we talk about curiosity and so I'm here with Jared and yep. how's it going everyone you know we're really excited to to chat with you today and I know Jared is you know uh, raring to go um, he has some some, yeah. <laughs> some ideas and I think <laughs> this is a topic that is particularly of interest to him so I'm gonna let him you know step up first to the plate to bat you know um, I'm expecting an immediate home run here so <laughs> Jared, a lot of pressure, words, a lot of pressure. Uh, a lot of pressure, but not to a slugger, you know. Yeah, that's so right. in your like terms or like what what do you want to share with our listeners? Um, when you think about curiosity, why what is it and why is it important in yeah. the context of shifting? Yeah, and I love that, that last line in the context of shifting. You know, we've talked about empathy, mm-hmm. um, we've talked about uh, compassion, we've talked about vulnerability, you know, in, in our previous episodes. And of course, all those are important or else we wouldn't have been talking about them. Mm-hmm. I would argue, though, that when we really talk about shifting, shifting mindsets, shifting behaviors, shifting mm-hmm. who and who we interact with, how we see the world, how we see others, mm-hmm. I would argue that curiosity is actually the core to all of that. Yeah. Um, I can't remember. I always forget who it is, so uh, forgive me for not having my resource here but or, or my source, but I heard somewhere a long time ago, and it kind of stuck with me, that we actually don't have a diversity problem. Mm. We have a curiosity problem. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Right? And that, that idea, I mean, you could break it apart, and maybe we will a little bit in, in this discussion, but that idea really stuck with me. Like, mm-hmm. why, why is there segregation? Why, is, why are there cliques? Why is there tribalism? Why are in schools, in workplaces, in government, in politics, and you know, everywhere? Why is that? Mm-hmm. And I think, ultimately, and we'll break this down, that it's because we're not curious about people who... Um, who aren't like us, quote yeah. unquote, right? So yeah. that's kind of how I like to frame this yeah. idea. Um, but I'll stop there because I don't want to take everything in the first, you know, <laughs> the first segment here. I mean, hey, you know, go for it. <laughs> um, I love that. I remember you wrote an article about that, and I enjoyed it. It was a different way of thinking about uh, diversity and inclusion mm-hmm. is not something that you necessarily like came up with a program for that you yeah. solve for because hey like people are different and like let's figure out why they're different and how to make space for their differences but actually about you like how can we encourage a a curious mindset Mm -hmm. so that you're more open to actually trying to know something that you don't know and i think for me that's what curiosity is it's like Mm -hmm. how it is a desire to know something not because you need it yeah, but because you want to know something you didn't know. Yeah, before. It's, it, and when you're talking about people, mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking about ideas and situations and perspectives. Yes, but really, we're talking about people, mm-hmm. right? So, um, how can you be interested on, on purpose in other people? Mm-hmm. So instead of going like, hmm, you know, okay, that guy's over there, and you know, I'll, I'll say hi to him, or or maybe I, you know, but how can you really be interested, like, you know? 
seeking to understand, to know, because you're genuinely curious to to hear what someone else has to say, what they're like, what their yeah. experience is about, you know? Yeah. I was uh, geeking out as I was prepping for this conversation. Um, there was this uh, essay, super long, but I strongly encourage that people <laughs> read it. It was by this professor, uh, Richard Phillips. Um, he was a professor at uh, University of Sheffield, so somewhere in the UK. But what I thought was interesting is that a lot of his work, he's in the geography department, so okay. it's interesting, but a lot of his work seemed to be focused on this idea of curiosity and then how it relates to like uh, discovery of your environment so curiosity about your environment but um, also about like how or why it is important in like the dynamics of like human interaction mm -hmm. and like his message essentially in this in this paper was thinking about in terms of defining it is that it is important both to be curious from an empathetic standpoint so mm -hmm. this idea of what you're saying like what capacity do you have to actually understand other people or learn yeah. about other people but then also relational like okay we're a community so what can we discover together like yeah um, and I, I love that kind of framing of it because in his mind it was uh the goal of it was to encourage openness to encourage like, yeah. perspective taking and to be able to deal more effectively with uncertainty so and that last part is is really i I would argue is kind of maybe the reason why people, individuals and collectively were not more curious as a, as a, as a society, as a community, as neighbors, as colleagues, as, you know, whatever, you know, whatever our, our communities are, is because there's that uncertainty uh, is scary, mm -hmm. right? And, and I'm not talking about just like going into a quote unquote bad part of town or do, like, but I'm just, even just like emotionally scary, it's kind of, you know, we like to be in control of our situation. Some of us are more comfortable um, kind of, you know, being in the unknown. Mm -hmm. And so how can we, how can we shift that mindset where we go like, hey, you know what? It's going to, I might not know the answers. I might, um, I might not have control over the situation or this conversation or this, you know, whatever the context is, but it's worth it. I'm comfortable enough in myself. Um, to put myself in that situation because I'm I'm curious I'm eager to know what could be right what could come of you know going to lunch with someone new doing watching this movie listening to this podcast do whatever it is you know without without a manager telling you to do it without you know any sort of mandate or anything just because you're like hmm I'm yeah. not that familiar with that person or that community or that idea I want to learn more yeah, and when when you talk about that, it reminds me of my own conversations about allyship and actually how yeah. to be an effective ally. Because the key component is this idea of continuous learning and mm -hmm. being willing to say, "I don't know, but I want to know." Yeah. And I think that to me is like more than just like the I march or I say the right thing is the critical component because you have to actually take an interest in knowing the other person and knowing that other community. And I think that curiosity is essentially that concept manifested in allyship. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought up allyship because, I mean, in a way that's kind of what we're talking about, right? Like whether it's kind of official formal allyship mm -hmm. or just being, you know, being cool for, <laughs> for yeah. other people, right? Yeah. And there's a, there's a phrase that, it, unfortunately, in, in a way this is kind of a meta uh, thing this mm. phrase of this idea of uh, fragility mm. right yeah so w 
people, when we're talking about stuff that people don't um, have fluency in or competence or confidence in talking about, mm. the, the natural uh, thing to do is like, oh, well, I don't really, that's not my area, so I'm just going to kind of stay quiet or not say anything. But as, as we know, if we really want to shift mindsets, we have to engage in these kind of uncomfortable conversations, right? Yeah. And it's that fragility that prevents us. And for, I think fragility is closely related to, to curiosity. Mm -hmm. So rather than go like, hmm, I'm not sure, sir, so sure where this is going to go, but I'm going to be vulnerable and be curious and find out. Mm -hmm. That's what we want, right? Yeah. But instead, people are like, well, I'm just going to protect myself yeah. because I don't want to be seen as wrong or bad or ignorant or, or whatever. And so it's that fragility. And then when someone does get you know, I don't know, hey, that's not cool that you said this, or can I give you a different perspective, whatever that, you know, kind of conversation is, people, that's where curiosity can and should really kick in. Yeah. So instead of getting defensive or dismissive or mean or, you know, all these things, oh, tell me more. Like sit in that vulnerability a little bit. Yeah. And be open to learning. Yeah, and I think... I truly believe that we as human beings have a capacity to do a lot of great things. I also feel like we have a lot of instinct or a lot of conditioning or evolution that has made it difficult to sometimes see past like those instincts or those baser kind of like traits or things that we've learned in yeah. society. And one of those I feel like is learning how to be curious because <laughs> yeah. I think you know, curiosity wasn't always useful when you're trying to survive in the wilderness. I mean, curiosity about a glowing red plant probably is a bad thing because it <laughs> was certain death. Yeah. Or curiosity about what that dark place across the river was probably wasn't good, assuming that there was a land full of predators. <laughs> but in a world where we're becoming more social and the connections are becoming yeah. shorter between like different groups of people mm -hmm. and you have tribes of people essentially that yeah. occupy literally the same space, it's more difficult now, I think, to be closed off to curiosity because we have to function in a kind of complex representation of the societal structures we used to have. So, so we're not just hunter-gatherers. Well, exactly. And I love, I love how you're kind of giving it this deep historical context because that's important to understand that that, that type of world existed. And I, mean, I think we would both argue that that's not really the world we're in right now. Yeah. Right? Yeah. The world has evolved. Um, and there are nuances which we don't have time to really dive into deeply, but you know, there's a great book um, by a, a woman named uh, Beverly Tatum called, um, uh, if, forgive me if I don't get the title exactly right, but I think it's, you know, why are all the black kids sitting together in the cafeteria? Mm -hmm. And it breaks yeah. down like identity. And, um, and I remember reading that God, 10, probably 15 years ago, and really having an understanding of why we do kind of segment into these identity groups, right? And it's what I've kind of come to term as the PLU syndrome, the people like us syndrome. Mm -hmm. Now that's on one hand like natural and like okay, but where it becomes not okay is when the people in power, so people who are with the dominant, you know, the dominant narrative, mm -hmm. have the positional authority, et cetera. So we're talking about white men a lot of the time. We're talking about, you know, straight. We're talking about, uh, you know, middle middle class up all these different you know layers of, of, of authority when those people aren't curious and mm -hmm. they're uh, sticking to their own 
that's where we have marginalization and people on the downside of power, and that's why we have people going like, wait a second, this isn't cool. Yeah. And so, how can you know? In a way, it's like I think the the people on the upside of power have the most responsibility to be curious and to kind of, you know, be less less fragile. Yeah. And I think there's so there's an opportunity for those people at the yeah. top or for people who are traditionally in seats of power mm -hmm. or positions of power because as I think of curiosity I feel like it also creates or increases our capacity for complex thought or <laughs> complex yeah. problem solving or our capacity to handle complex things right yeah. so if you again going back to the hunter-gatherer like conversation the world was simply survive I need to eat and I need to eat <laughs> <laughs> but now we are where we are because people were curious about the way that the world works, was curious about how this thing or how this idea or how this tool could be better manifested or better created to allow us to do something more complex than what we used to do. And so I think yeah. also when it comes to human interaction, there's a lot that we can learn about somebody else's experience that helps us think more complexly about the way we show up and the totally. problems or the things we normally deal with. Totally, because what we're talking about are, are uh, biases, mm -hmm. unconscious and conscious, right? It's e let's put this in like a real world situation. Let's say a hiring manager, right, is got you know ten candidates for a couple open positions, looking through all the resumes, blah blah blah. This is good. This isn't blah blah. You know, it's easy to you know look at them and say, hey, I'm more comfortable with these these people you know whether they're going to admit it openly or not but you know because they're more like me they might be my same race my same gender my same uh, school we went to what you know whatever it is and it's just easier mm -hmm. so instead of then that just totally eliminates a handful of people in this in this hypothetical yeah. example right it totally eliminates yeah you know they could be a different race not go have gone to such a prestigious school didn't work at such and such company before, you know, all these things. And then, so, you know, really it's like, hmm, you know what? I'm not familiar with this school. I'm not familiar with this part of the country. I'm not familiar with this. Let me, let me talk to this person and then be a little curious. Right. Mm -hmm. But we don't, we don't do that enough because why? Because it takes too much time and energy and I've got deadlines and blah, blah, you know, all these yeah. not unreasonable, you know, reasons, but still, it's like just shifting that mindset a little bit to be curious to, to see what else is out there. Yeah. I read a research study. It was um, in this journal, uh, The Teaching of Psychology. And uh, the point of it was to examine how heterosexual identifying students uh, showed up in classes that were about sexual diversity mm -hmm. and to examine the reasons why they did it and then to look at their journey from the beginning to the end and their findings essentially were, were that you know people who in that class entered into those classes mostly for curiosity's sake like maybe they had a relationship with somebody who was trans or maybe they had been in like one experience where they went to a, a a gay club and that was like new for them they entered into a space kind of like what you were saying like rather than taking the easy route these people decided to go a more challenging route of saying like i don't know anything about this but rather than saying that's not me dismiss it i'm actually going to go take a class on it yeah. um, in a structured environment 
And by the end of the course, they were able to report, the researchers were able to report like a, a decreased uh, senses of homophobia from these students or to have more capacity for caring about issues that were beyond the issues or the scope of what they yeah. traditionally knew. So again, I think a lot about the curiosity in this context actually eventually leads you to care more and think more in a bigger fashion, I would say, about the world or the spaces that you occupy. Yeah, because then it takes the fear or the uncertainty out of the equation. It's funny, you probably get this too, and, and I see this, you know, whether it's directly asked of me if I'm, you know, leading a discussion or facilitation or if I'm at an event, you know, when we're talking about, you know, how can we be better allies, how can we be more inclusive, you know, all these different kind of conversations, people are often looking for, like, you know, do's and don'ts, right? Do this, don't do that, say this, don't say that. And I'm not saying that's bad. It is good to have some strategies. But really, it's like, just read. Yeah. Listen. Instead of instead of just reading books by, if you're a white, straight male, instead of just reading, you know, European-American males, go read some books from Africa. Yeah. African uh, writers. Yeah. You know, do your research. Just take a chance. Go, mm. this sounds interesting. Read a review. Read it. You know, read... Uh, I don't know, Audre Lorde, read feminist theory, read, you know, read about the, um, you know, the LGBT community, like, no, not because it's like someone's telling you because it's going to like help you with your job or like, just read because you're curious. Yeah. You know, I think sometimes that's the best advice. Yeah. So Jared, you opened with the idea that we don't have a diversity problem, we have a curiosity problem. Yep. And I want to come back to that because you actually told me a story and then you've also written about this, about your own experience with curiosity in the context of a friend or somebody that you knew named Langston. Yeah. So I want you to share that story yeah, in the no. context of what we've been talking about today. Yeah, thanks for, for reminding me of that. Um, it's interesting you called him a friend because I would say actually it was a missed opportunity to have mm. a friend. Mm. So the, the deeper context is, you know, when I grew up in the late 70s, early 80s in Southern California, you know, suburbs of Southern California, very homogenous, very conservative, you know, didn't know any better. I didn't know any, I didn't know any black people except one kid. I remember third, fourth grade, this kid named Langston. And I remember kind of hanging out with him at recess and playing with him. I don't, I don't know that I ever went to his house or not. Um, but... It was kind of like I never really went there deep. And, you know, I'm eight, eight nine, ten years old. So it wasn't mm -hmm. like a super conscious. It was more of an unconscious thing. But that right. was what society taught me. And, you know, there was no one else. And so I never... And then he, he went to a different school where I did. And, I, you know, I never heard from him. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. Um, but, I, I mean, all these years later, like 30 plus years later, I'm still thinking about him. Like, like who, who was this kid? What, you know, what... what kind of friendship might we have had mm -hmm. if I had the wherewithal at you know age 10 to kind of befriend him and become friends and how might that have changed my whole middle school high school years where I didn't have any friends of color um, you know this whole thing and, and it's not really about regret or you know re resentment it's just like it's kind of it's curiosity like hmm so I actually not too long ago I, I looked I was doing some research and I, I think I found him Mm -hmm. Just through reading some articles, and it, it looks like his father just recently passed, and he was a, a surgeon in San Diego. So I think I've located him, mm -hmm. which is kind of exciting. Yeah. 
But then it's like, okay. And I think I even have his address and number. You know, you can find that kind of stuff these days, which is a little weird, but still, <laughs> still kind <laughs> of cool. It's like the good and bad of <laughs> yeah. this world. But now it's like, what now? Yeah. Where, do I take my curiosity to the end go, hey, Langston, this is Jared. We went to, you know, grade school together in the 80s. And, like, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, so it's, it's kind of <laughs> where we are now. It's like, I'm not sure where it's going to end. But yeah. I'm kind of curious to find out my own, you know, what I'm going to do about it. Yeah. I love that you took those steps. And like you mentioned, like, you're thinking about it, like, years, decades later um, about this opportunity. Because you don't know. That's the uncertainty of it. You don't yeah. know what it could have been. But the fact that there was no actual, like... Well, step in that direction is something yeah. that you're like, I, I wonder. Well, in a way, it kind of captures this whole idea for me and, and for what we're talking about. This, you know, again, I'm not, it's it's not like a huge deal, but it's kind of like this what if. Like, you know, it'd be easy. Like, oh yeah, Langston, I remember him. No big deal. And move on. Mm -hmm. It's like, hmm, Langston. Yeah. I wonder what he's doing. Yeah. It looks like, okay, according to this article, it looks like he's doing okay. He's living here, working here. Like, but then... You know, it's yeah. like, how can, you know, what, I don't know what he's like. I don't yeah. know if he cares about any of this stuff. You know, it's like, is he going to be like, dude, you know, who are you? Like, get away from me. Yeah. <laughs> but so I probably will call him. Yeah. I'll call him. Or, or Langston, if you're listening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> come, come yeah. find us. Yeah. Langston, if you're you know, <laughs> living in San Diego, grew up in the, in the eighties and still living there, you know, we're talking about you. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I think what you are demonstrating is something that I think is, is so important to this idea of curiosity and the journey, which is having a mindset of growth rather than having yeah. a fixed mindset. Cause I think we could approach this from a standpoint of you are who you are and who you are is great. So why look at areas where you could have grown or you can look at it as, you know, you are where you are in life and it's, you've, it's taught you that you can always learn more or do more or have more experiences. I know for myself, I, have been, you know, interested in this work on allyship and empathy for some time and really got um, serious about it in the last couple of years in terms of sharing and being more vulnerable myself about my own stories. But one of the things that I continually have to remind myself and to do is to really think about how I can continue to grow in this space. And one of those, uh, especially after the kind of Me Too movement kicked off, um, at least like the more recent version of that and not the one with Toronto Burke, um, who initially started it in the 90s, was this idea of like sexuality. Because I think for me, I had always considered myself somebody that was very understanding of like progressive issues or certainly progressive social issues. So different communities of color different like experiences and identities that people would have as underrepresented minorities but that was my context growing up in the south and i think for it wasn't until i had time to like really live actually in california where i saw an even broader set of diversity yeah. uh in front of me and i think that having a fixed mindset would have would have kept me in a place where i simply said like i know my experience as a black man and so i know what it feels to be underrepresented so that to me is how i define 
what that looks like. Yeah. But I think over, especially doing this work, I've been just kind of meeting people and being introduced to different topics. And in particular, uh, I mentioned a Me Too movement because I thought a lot about intersectionality there. I started having conversations with people who were talking not just about the idea of being a woman, but the idea of like being a trans woman or the idea of being like, you know, a woman, but a woman who is queer or like being asexual black or, woman, or yeah, black women. Yeah. And so I really started thinking about my own growth and needing to understand the movement as a broader set of complex experiences that Me Too is certainly an experience for people who identify as women, uh, particularly, but then there are a whole other set of identities that I really need to understand if I'm going to be able to, like, say I advocate effectively or support that movement effectively. And even for, you know, even though it's a smaller percentage of cases, but even for men who are, like, victims of sexual assault or abuse to also feel empowered by the Me Too movement. It's like, what does that mean and how do I make sure I don't cancel out their voices? I think I've had to do a lot of growth in that space to make sure that I'm reflecting uh, that broad set of yeah. communities. But I think it's important when you think about curiosity to want, as we talked about it before, to want to take on other perspectives, to always be thinking about how you can be more open and to be okay with the uncertainties. I actually admit I actually don't know a lot about this. So somebody confronted me with <laughs> yeah. something that I don't know, and yeah. I got I got to be okay with that. I, mean, I got to want to find the answer, yeah. but I got to be okay with that. And respond with curiosity. Yeah. I mean, a way. Uh, thank you for sharing that. I think we, you know, as we wrap up, I think of you know the Langston story, not as a like a warning or anything, but just as a reminder of, and it kind of spurs me on, in a way, uh, just to remember like. That, that was a missed opportunity for a potential meaningful relationship. And to just, when I'm in new situations with new people and new opportunities, how can I lead with curiosity so I increase my uh, potential for meaningful relationships? Because mm. that's really what it's about. That's all we have time for today. Thanks for listening to the Shift Podcast a series with Corey and Jared, where it's designed to change how we own our individual journeys and our collective growth. Today, we've been talking about curiosity. Uh, be sure to turn in next episode where we explore connection. Um, but before we go, Corey, I know you do a lot of this work. Where can people find you uh, out there? Yep, you can find me at coreyponder.com, C-O-R-E-Y. And also, you can find me on my business site at Impact Strategies. That's E-M-P-A-C-T. And so I focus a lot on allyship, empathy, and building inclusion through empathy. Awesome. And Jared, awesome. what about you? Yeah, thanks, Corey. Um, you can find me at uh, jaredcarroll.com. That's J-A-R-E-D-K-A-R-O-L.com. Also at thirdstoryrevolution.com, using the strategic storytelling to build inclusive communities, leadership uh, development, and cultures of belonging. So uh, find either one or both of us out there in the interwebs and tune in for next episode uh, where we explore the dynamism of the human condition together. Thanks so much.